3: And welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, February 18th, 2022, and I appreciate you being with me. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm always glad to be here. Every time I do the show, I kind of enjoy it. I love listening to the questions and talking about them, and you know, this is what I like to do. So, I appreciate you being with me. I really do. I will always give you unbiased answers, that's for sure, and I will try my best to be as forthright as possible. Okay, with all the facts and information at my fingertips. Now, sometimes I don't, I don't have all information, and when I look at things quickly, I'm not—I can't get too in depth in the particular stock if you're asking about it. But I can give you—I can give you accurate information. Well, it should be obvious by now that you know in life, you know, we all have to worry about our finances, right? And we all have to worry about our financial future and plan for the long term. Many of us do not do that, but we have to. You have to. When you get 50, 55 years old, and then you decide to get serious about it, you are really behind the eight ball there. You know, and it, and it's hard to save a lot of money very quickly and invest it and make it worthwhile. The earlier you start, the easier it is. Really easy in your twenties, it's easy to get up a million, two million, three million dollars by the time you're sixty-five. Pretty darn easy, but. As you get older, it gets more difficult. And of course, now, you know, everything goes in cycles. So now we're in a pretty volatile type of cycle in the market. We're in a time where the interest rates is going to be rising, where the Federal Reserve says they're going to raise rates. And, you know, inflation is getting out of control. We haven't seen that in a long time. And things are different. Things are changed. You can't, two years ago, five years ago, you can't invest with the same mindset. you got to change. And a lot of people are not going to change, and they're going to get hurt. Or that this, this show is to help you with that, help you with that change. But, of course, a lot of you want answers to specific questions or specific situations, and so we'll, we'll do that too. So give me a call. I'm ready to talk to you now. We're, this is the VEST talk. We're open every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, we're live. Okay? And, of course, we always start with our same mission statement, and that is independent thinking and shared success, meaning we'll give you accurate information. We'll share everything we have with you. So I, I'm waiting, wanting, and willing, willing to take your calls. Our number is the same. It always is the same, whether it's live forty five Pacific time, or you can call anytime after hours and still leave a question. And the number is 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So let's get right to the first listener line question.
1: Hey, Justin and Steve, Jared in North Carolina, listen to the show all the time. I wanted to get your thoughts on energy transfer. The ticker symbol is ET. Still an energy play. Uh, seems like it's priced you know, pretty fair at these values. Just wanted to get your thoughts on a good entry point. Thank you. Love the show.
3: Great. Appreciate it. Energy uh, engaged in uh, this is E.T. Energy Transfer engaged in natural gas m- midstream liquid transportation and storage in the United States. So they pay these kind of companies pay a very nice dividend. That's usually what their 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 their, their forte is the dividend. It is a limited partnership, so you might get a 1099. You want to check into that or a K1. You want to check into that very cl- closely because. And understand what you're going to be involved there they're gonna make a dollar 21 this year uh per share next year a dollar 32 okay uh and it's a ten dollar and five cents stock so it's you know well under uh 10 p.e i mean uh probably like an eight p.e or so seven eight um let's see sales are really good uh it's a 27 billion dollar company they do almost, well, the most recent quarter, they did $18 billion in sales. So the, it's a pretty strong uh, company. Uh, they do have a lot of debt. I would probably look into that to see what kind of debt, what's what's debt for? What happened? Why do you have so much debt? Management owns 13% of a company, of a $27 billion company. That's pretty. That's pretty strong management ownership. And mutual funds are net buyers, so now is this? Where, where's a good place to buy? Is it a good place to buy now? Well, I think you might be a little late. Uh, looks like it's going to hit resistance right around ten dollars and fifty cents up to eleven dollars, so it's going to have a hard time getting through that. Uh, so I, I would probably wait for a pullback. I mean, uh, what back in uh, December they were eight. Eight dollars a share, okay. Now it's uh, ten, but you basically buy this for the dividend. Really, what you want to buy. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. My focus point today is based on a story behind this perspective. Five surefire signs of a stock market bubble. Stock market bubbles are very difficult to very difficult to recognize. Why you're in it is difficult. Is that market a bubble, or do we have any bubbleish? Uh, things going on in our market right now My, there'll be no trivia question today because it's friday and as you know i usually give highlights of the kpp premium newsletter on fridays now to come up about about halfway through the program other topics i want to talk about i still want to talk about inflation because i think uh i still think we want to talk about it and i, I want to talk about it a little bit different not just the numbers out there but what happens in other inflationary periods we've dealt with? Um, existing home sales jumped today, as they reported today anyways, for January. And um, where, will, where will rates go, interest rates? You know, we know that they're rising. You know, the, the 30-year mortgage is near 4% now. That's been a long time since we've seen that. But where will they go? Well, We'll explore that a little bit. Those are things I'd like to talk about. But, of course, you come first. You, not me, you. What do you guys want to talk about? The market was down again today. I think it was five out of the six days, last six days, five days it was down. Uh, Dow was down 233. NASDAQ down 169. And SP down 31. So not a very good day again. Now, it's not tremendously bad. It's just not, you know, when, when will this weakness go away? And I I think you need to prepare yourself mentally for a pretty choppy year. The whole year is not going to be, you know, what we've seen in previous years. I just don't think it is. Okay, Jess and I are grateful for your podcast support, and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways you can find our material unbiased guidance here. Investalk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We are building out more content on both platforms. So go to the YouTube or Instagram and search Invest Talk. Remember, two T's, Invest Talk. Yes, please tell your friends about us. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, 888 99 chart.
0: The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART.
3: 888-992-4278. We're gonna talk to Craig, who is in Seattle. Hi, Craig. Hey, how you doing, Steve? I'm good, thank you for the call. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You and I have actually emailed back and forth a couple of times. Cool. Um, So, my portfolio is pretty heavily weighted toward value. Uh, my, my primary holdings are small cap value have been for years. And then, uh, uh, all of my large cap value exposure is in BTV. And I'm looking to expand that and diversify beyond that. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at RPV. SPYV and VONV and also VYM and I'm really just wondering what are the primary things I should be looking at considering all of my weighting is in VTV right now. Should I be looking more at diversification outside of what VTV has because like VONV has 98% of what VTV already has is in VONV. Um, right. But it, it, what are the most, what are the highest weighted things I should be looking at in terms of uh, making a decision on how to expand that exposure without just putting more in VTV?
3: Okay, good question. VTV is Vanguard value, everybody. And all those, uh, I think, Craig, our Vanguard funds you were n- you're listing, were, were they not?
1: Uh, no, RPV is Invesco, okay. the S and P 500 value. Uh, uh, SPYV is Spider, right. and then VONV is their Vanguard. Uh, it's got like 900 uh, equities in it, I think, okay. and BTB only has about 400. So, yeah.
3: so everybody, I the reason why I said that, because I, I know Vanguard's ETFs mutual funds always start with a V. A v isn't Victor, and so that's I, I thought that were that the my mistake. Uh, ETF, this one they have, VTV, Vanguard Value ETF, uh, seeks to track the performance of the U.S. Large Cap Value Index, which measures the investment return. So you're in the large cap value on this one. What I might suggest is two areas that you could concentrate on, and that would be dividends, and they would probably, be, you'll probably have a number of overlapping with this one because usually the big companies are the ones who pay dividends. But I'm telling you, uh, I'm thinking you need to focus on getting that dividend, and that would be a safer part of the market. And do you have any commodity exposure in any of your ETFs? Do you know?
1: No, I might. I've I've got uh, quite a bit of VTI, and I've got quite a bit of VT as well. So Okay, um, okay. VTI you know, is a total BT stock market
3: uh, uh, and total world. Yeah. So I, I would think that you, there is some commodity ETFs out there. I would definitely have some exposure to that. That will give you a much different part of the market, which I still think will work going forward. I really do. Great. Good luck with it. Hope it works for you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point today is based on the story behind the the the, the perspective of five sure. Fire signs of stock market bubble. So, five signs of a stock market bubble. Excuse me. A, a bubble is very difficult to recognize when you're in it. Most people don't. Most experts don't. And uh, we'll, we'll go over that, why that happens, because it, it's, it's pretty common. But how do you recognize a bubble? And if you if you keep your eyes open... You can see signs of it, but you just never know. Bubbles can go very, very long before they pop. Yeah, you know, so it's hard to try to time anything to do with the market. It's very difficult. But that's what we're gonna talk about. That's the biggest thing I want to talk about before the end of the show. Oh oh do we have time? Okay, let's take a let's take a quick look at it right this minute. Okay. Um, Okay, we know what a bubble is. A bubble is a speculative frenzy in stock prices or any any speculative frenzy. It could be in real estate, which we had in two thousand six, seven, and popped in two thousand eight. It could be in stock prices. It could be in any kind of thing. What what is what you what you recognize in the stock market is the value, the fundamental value. Is totally out of whack with the price. The price is so far away from what the value of that company is fundamentally. That's when you know you're probably starting to deal with a bubble. Not a first shot. That's not the first sign, though. Number one is a story. The story has captured everybody's imagination. And uh, I I can think of three of them on the top of my head. The first one I remember being was when biotech was first came aboard, and they are going to have the cure for cancer, and there was tons of biotech companies that say they're all working on cure for cancer, and now they'll, they'll have it shortly. Still don't have it, right? And all those biotech companies, tons of them went out of business. A story that captures everybody's imagination, Dot .com, okay, is another one, okay? The, the story is every, it's on everybody's mind. Okay, uh, we only have a minute. I I want to pick this up after the break, so we got to take a break. I'm sorry, everybody. We're uh, so we got to take this break. It is Friday. The podcast is loaded with content, but I will welcome your questions first. Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
0: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
3: So I want to finish up with a topic I had before, and that was, you know, recognizing a bubble. And the first thing is, what is a bubble? And we talked about that. That's just where something is super inflated above its basic value but uh uh usually a a bubble in a stock will start with stories some kind of story was pushing a stock or a sector or something going on and as i said i remember of course they had the dot-com and they had uh they had the housing bubble remember 2008 and usually the prices are are the second one prices rise regardless of the news even the news is not good everybody's got this in their head and they just keep running the price and they can have bad news, it still doesn't affect the stock or the house price or the, whatever's under bubble. Other assets, prices also soar at the same time. So do you see any of those three things happening? And fourth, this is my favorite, new traders, the people that are in new, uh, say that old investors, like me, we don't get it. I heard this personally in 2006, 2007, I can't remember the year, about housing. And I was saying here, house prices were just unreasonable at this point. They were just, just not reasonable at all. And I got lots of feedback from people saying, I'm old-fashioned. I didn't know what I was talking about. And, you know, that's 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 a sure sign of a, a bubble to me. I've seen that twice. In 1999, I had a, a high school graduate nephew who said he's going to make money by uh, being a day trader. He's not going to find a job, not going to go to college. He's just going to day trade stocks. I knew the bubble was in debt because he was he was dumb as a rock. A love of them, but he's still dumb as a rock. So those are the kind of signs that you're looking at. Okay, so that's what you want to be. You're trying to look for a bubble. And, but it's hard to do anything about it necessarily, even if you recognize it because the bubbles can go for a long, long time. They really can. Okay, on Friday, I generally take time to do a quick rundown of the key benchmark numbers. Uh, the two year treasury yield at 1.44%. And a week ago, it was 1.5, so it went down. Eight weeks ago, it was 0. 0.64. So it's more than doubled from two months ago. Ten year treasury 1.91. Last week was 1.91. Uh, two weeks ago it was 1.91. Four weeks ago it was 1.72. So you're having the spread still, still shrinking. Looks like. Gold price, 1896. Last week is 1858. Two weeks ago it was 1806. So gold is moving up. Uh, so it's uh silver today was 2397. Week ago it was twenty-three fifty-seven, but it's also still moving up. Oil, ninety-one dollars a barrel, ninety-one dollars and sixty cents. Uh last week it was ninety-three eighty-eight. Most people are saying it's gonna to go to break a hundred. It's gonna break a hundred. Some people think it's gonna to go to two. I don't think so, but you don't know. No one knows. The national average for a gallon of gasoline, three dollars and fifty-two cents. It was three dollars and forty-eight cents last week. And here in California, 472. Okay, up a couple pennies from last week. Hawaii today, gas was 450 per gallon. So, okay, let's finish another question caller, this time from Hawaii. Uh, hi there. This is Bob
1: from
0: Oahu. And i um, wondering if Russia is imminent to invade Ukraine. Would it not be a smart move to do an inverse ETF
1: and perhaps do a play on PSQ, Papa Sam Quebec, or SH, Sam Hotel, something that uh, would uh, give you a rather quick profit, you would watch and control very
3: closely, but uh, to play the times, just your thoughts. Thank you so much. Those two are shorts, their ETFs are short the market, the PSQ is shorts the QQQs, okay? Uh, it's, uh, so, and the other one is shorting the S and P 500. So, if you feel that the market's going to collapse because of invasion by Russia into Ukraine, that would be a good. That would be a play. But if you take a look at the chart of these things, they they're they're long term going down. So, you can only use it as a trade. Not as an investment. That would be my suggestion. Uh, and it would be very difficult to time it, but if, if Russia invades Ukraine, I guarantee you the stock market won't like it. I don't, I don't necessarily think it would collapse. I don't think it will do that. But for the at least a day or two, the market will not like it. it and it really will depend on what we're threatening to do as retaliation here in the United States frankly I think uh, Ukraine is a failed has a failed government anyways it's vastly corrupt and so is Russia by the way um, so I, I just don't know what we would do maybe we should let Europe handle Ukraine problem I don't know uh, but I just yeah, I don't think it's going to be a long-lasting effect on our markets Um, the podcast is moving pretty fast, everybody. I will share the highlights from the KPP premium newsletter in a few minutes, but I'm taking your calls now. 888-99-CHART.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed a hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Visit RosettaStone.com/today. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off now at RosettaStone.com/today. You are
0: listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is almost here. And Steve Peasley is on duty now, taking your finance and investment questions live. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Joe in Greenville, South Carolina. Just wondering about indexing, well, really ETFing. And I'm wondering if a good strategy would be to pick, for example, like the Vanguard. You have large cap growth, large cap value, mid-cap growth. Mid-cap value, small-cap growth, small-cap value. And just investing in these and, you know, every month, every year, kind of just putting money into any of them that are down 10%, 20%, and just holding everything for the long term. Do you see any flaws in this strategy? And if so, what are they and what suggestions would you have for somebody that has about a 30- or 40-year investment horizon? I will be listening for your answer on the podcast. Thanks so much. Love the show, guys.
3: Bye. No, I don't see any flaws in that at all. Okay? I don't. I think it's a good way to invest into the market on a consistent basis. Now, these are the things I warn you against. Do not try to time the market. Just continually put money in a dollar-cost averaging basis. Whenever Every paycheck, just put more money in, or however you're going to do it. Don't try to guess the top or the bottom. Don't. Just put money in. One way, not two ways. Don't ever take it out. Don't readjust. Just put money in. So, uh, And when the market does crash, because it will crash, continually to put money in. Matter of fact, when it does crash, put more money in, not less. Not less. And that will scare you. But that's the right thing to do. People freak out at the market right at the bottom. They get out. Then they get back in right at the top or three-quarters of the way up at the top. You know, and they don't understand why they're not making any money. So don't do that. Don't try timing. But no, I think the, the premise is a good one. It is a, it is a very good one. Okay, the KBP premium newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed tomorrow morning. On uh, the first section, the market conditions section, I explained that we received a full week of economic numbers. There's lots of them. Many were good, some very good. But markets continued their downward fall, with COVID fears fading fast. Other potential problems—Russia, inflation—kind of reared their ugly heads. So we're fighting that. We're fighting that issue. Remember, the Fed. Excuse me, the Fed in the background is going to raise rates. We know that. That's the market that has that as a a very big headwind. So at the beginning of the week, the producer price index came out it was up one percent. That's double the expectation. If that was did that every month, that'd be twelve percent inflation rate, right? But it, and essentially, our inflation rate's more like seven. Remember, the producer price index is inflation at the producer level. Can they pass it on to us, the consumers? That, and generally speaking, probably yes at this point because we're expecting the inflation to go up, so that it's easier for them to pass along to us. So this is the way it is. That's how it works. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, the LEI leading economic indicator came out for January. It was uh it went down three-tenths of one percent. Now, this is a reading of ten different uh leading indicators, and it usually says, okay, here's the number, if it's below zero, which this one is po- minus 0.3%. If it's below zero, that the economy is going to falter three or four months from now. Okay, now the month before it was up, it was up 0.8 percent. So, is one month the 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 one signal to turn around? Probably not. You need to see maybe three months in a row where it's getting weaker. So we have one month, and that's that's in it's in the books. So we'll see if we have the same thing happen next month. Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, Portfolio management. Uh, um, I I mentioned last week's newsletter drove home the importance of an investor's need to understand risk tolerance for market volatilities, you know, because the stock can be very volatile, the market can be very volatile. So this week, I talked about the standard deviation. I talked about, you know, how that is computed and what how do you use it you know uh, so it was more of trying to get you a little bit more in depth of how to manage a portfolio of stocks and how to analyze a stock okay uh, let's see stock ideas a company is one of the oldest biotech firms it has grown to become a mega cap company it has consistently increased earnings for many years. I really like it. Okay, 4P is 11. Pays a 3.5% dividend. Also, another company, um, um, It's always the other company I listed is always overpriced. It always has been, and it's very difficult to get into it, but it's a good company to own, to be part of your portfolio. It's also a big mega cap. Return on equity is 55%. I like them in the teens. So this one's 55%. Here is low debt. Pays a small dividend. Two good names, I think, uh, in the newsletter. Okay, finally, Consumer Watch. Purchasing a car in today's market. It's very expensive. The average amount paid for a new car has risen to $45,717, which is $728 more than the average manufacturer suggested retail price. More. Not less. More than the... Uh, MSRP, okay, which is $44,900. The data comes from Edwin's research, and it was based on transactions in January of 2022. A year ago, the average amount paid was $2,152 below MSRP. Now it's $728 above. So kind of interesting, I think. Depressing, actually. Especially for you people who are buying, to, trying to get into a new car. But you know what? Buying a used car is just as expensive, or more. In fact, it might be relatively speaking more expensive. Anyways, let's keep moving. Let's go back to Invest Talk Voice Bank eight 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 ninety nine chart. Yes,
1: I was wondering about mobile telecom.
3: Okay, Mobile televi- Telesis Headquarters in Russia, a Russian provider of digital wireless voice data services to 80 million subscribers in Russia and Ukraine. Okay, it's going to make 95 cents, or, or it did make 95 cents last year. It's going to make a $1.05 share this year. It's a $7.17 stock. So it's very reasonably priced. But the five-year PE range for this company is 6 to 11. So, you know, it's always been low price. Uh, return equity is very high. It's super high, 176%. Cash flow is very strong at $3.60. Management owns 1%. So the question is, it's Russian. Uh, do you want to be in a Russian stock? Well, you know, it's very reasonable price, but it's always been kind of low price. This stock has never been above $9 a share. Never been above 9 That was a high in 2000, uh, well, we'll take that back. Back in 2014, it got up to $14 a share. Since then, it got up to $9 a share in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Okay, so, it's not for me. I don't want it because there's too much politics involved in owning this company. Too much politics. Eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart, 888 Inflation, we're really at about 7.5% current inflation. From 1973 to 1982, inflation averaged 8.8%. Okay, and it peaked in 1990, 19, I'm sorry, it peaked in 1980 at 13.5%. 13.5%. Remember, it's 7.5 now. During that time, we also had two recessions. And we had stagflation. So the stock market still survived. You know, things, you know, I, I just want to put it in perspective. Even though we, we have 0% interest at the Fed's fund rate, if it goes to 1%, is that going to really destroy the economy? No. No. Okay, inflation. If inflation is peaked now, if it starts to slow down from this peak, Is it going to destroy the economy? No. You know what will destroy the economy? If the Fed gets too aggressive in raising rates. What's too aggressive? Well, I've read recently that people, experts, quote-unquote experts, say they might raise a rate seven or eight times at a quarter point each. Well, eight times will give you up to 2%. I don't think that's in this year. I think they'll stick with what they said they were going to do. And that was three to four times. So we might get up to 1% this year. If inflation continues to increase, if it does, they may get more aggressive. And if they get more aggressive, that will affect the stock market. But right now, the stock market has built into its prices that three or four percent, uh, three or four increases in the Fed funds rate. I don't think that is a problem. They're watching inflation numbers. Closely to see if it's more than than what the Fed expected, and that they might do something about it. That's what they're looking for. Okay, let's go to Edward in San Diego. Hi, Edward. Yes. Hi, uh, Steve. Uh, Thanks
1: for taking my
2: call.
3: You're welcome. Do you want to Uh, talk about Intel?
1: yeah, I was looking into Intel, and I was wondering what your opinion is. Do you think that this price, is going to be a value play?
3: I would say yes. Okay, um, let me let me explain why. Uh, I don't think it's a. I do not think it's a deep value play, but I do think it has good value. Uh, they're going to make three dollars and sixty-five cents next year, it's a forty-five dollars stock. Okay, what's that 13 PE? Okay, so is that is that too expensive? Well, the five year range is eight to 15, so it's kind of on the upper end, but that's a pretty low PE. 15 has been its high year high five year high. I think that's pretty low for a company that has a return to equity of 25 percent, a cash flow of eight dollars and 39 uh, cents, and it's you know, there's a chip shortage out of there. Out there, so I think the long-term, year, two years, three years outlook for chip companies is pretty strong. So I think, and meanwhile, while you're waiting, is they pay three point two percent dividend, and they don't have much debt. So I think I think it's a pretty good value bet, but it's not an extreme value. But it is a pretty good value bet. Now if this thing went down to the low 30s, it would be a screaming value play. So just don't be in a hurry, Hagrid. Just take your time. Keep watching it. It's still going down. Just wait till it calms down. Thank you for the call. It's Intel, INTC, everybody. Okay, so how do we implement our strategies here at KPP? You know, um, we have a philosophy. We, We have a philosophy that we you know, we implement. And our philosophy is we want to be on the same side of the table, the investment table, as our clients. You know, if the client is buying XYZ stock, we personally want to own XYZ stock at the same time, same price. And we call that parallel investing because we think it's only fair. Why would I tell somebody to buy something, or why would I buy something for them that I wouldn't want to buy for myself? To me, that just doesn't make sense. You, because I'm looking for value. I'm expecting growth. If if I'm so, if I am so uh, unsure of a position that I'm putting in clients' portfolio, I shouldn't be putting them in the portfolio. So I need to be sure. So uh, to be sure, if I'm sure, I want to I want to own it. Makes sense to me. So we call that parallel investing. We do that here. You know, we give you unbiased guidance. We will help you no matter what. If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we will give you our recommendations and see if you know how risky it is. And we'll tell you. we'll have a nice conversation. We do not try to talk people into becoming a client. Don't have to worry about that. We just and we will help you, no matter you know, no matter if you become a client or not. It does not really matter. At this stage in my life, it does not really matter. Um, of course, I want you as clients. We want you as clients, but. I don't want you to feel pressure. I don't want anybody to ever feel pressure to become a client. Okay, Justin and I have said many times, we appreciate our diverse audience. And in fact, we receive caller questions from across America and around the world. So let's take a question now, this time from a listener in Saudi Arabia.
0: Hello, Justin and Steve. Thank you for this great program, uh, listening every day. This is Abdul from Saudi Arabia. I have a small position in economics, the ticker symbol is I-D-E-X. I have a loss and I'm and, um, confused what should I do, should I accept the loss and go out or wait. And the second company says false. I know it's a good uh, company, but uh, I'm wondering what's the good point that good entry on this uh, stock. Thank you. Have a great day.
3: Okay, uh, this is idea, uh, not economics, I. I... Deonomics operates as an artificial, intelligent, and blockchain-powered fintech company. Doesn't make money. Has never made money. For years now, has not made money. Sales growth is increasing very nicely. Okay? But it's a $492 million company that doesn't make money, and the stock is collapsing down to uh, 99 cents. I would not own this company. You know, from what I see here, it just doesn't make any sense. To own this company. Mutual funds are buying it though. Management owes three percent. So you could just hold on and put it away in a drawer and forget about it if you didn't if you didn't expose too much money to it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve and We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99 chart.
0: listening to invest talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99 chart. Hello Stephen
1: Justin, I have a question about Mandatory reorganization and mandatory cash merger. I owned Vedanta Limited and I believe that they were delisted and they haven't shown on my Ameritrade account for a little while now. And I had planned to call Ameritrade and figure out what my options
3: were. And then just the other day, I I had a fee for a mandatory reorganization fee. And then I got money into my account because it said mandatory cash merger. I'm not entirely sure what that is. I've tried to Google that and Vedanta News, and haven't found anything online. So I wondered if you might be able to shed some light on it. Thank you. Okay, when you become delisted, what she's referring to there is it no longer is uh, traded on a exchange. The company, either New York Stock Exchange or the Nasdaq Exchange. Delisted, meaning kick them off their exchange. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that there's not a value of the stock or it's not still trading, but it would be trading on what we call the pink sheets or over the counter. You, to get those quotes, you've got to make a phone call and talk to somebody at your custodian and to find out what's the current bid and ask price, you know, to tell you what the price is. Usually that's what happens when it's delisted. Why do they delist it? De-listed? Delist a company because they don't meet the minimum requirements to be listed on that exchange. One of those requirements is a certain price of the stock. Another is a certain financial criteria that they've established, you know, getting um, general accounting principles criteria. So, uh, so it was delisted. Then she got notification from them that they were reorganiz- reorganized and all that and some money came into her account. I cannot tell you what that happened. I cannot tell you what happened there. Because I, I'd have to know what the, what the deal was. I mean, why are they reorganized, reorganized? Who are they? Who's making them do the reorganization? Because the stock exchange, the New York or the NASDAQ wouldn't do that. Did they file for bankruptcy? It kind of sounds like they did file for bankruptcy to me. And that maybe the court ordered the reorganization and disbursement of cash to you or to the shareholders. So that's, it's difficult to know without knowing the specifics. I can't answer the question. Eight 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 ninety nine chart 888-992-4278. That's our, that's our number. Existing home sales jumped by 6.7% in January. Okay, 6.5 million, the highest amount number in 12 months. Okay, um... why buyers assume the buyers got nervous that interest rates are rising 40 year 30 year mortgages are up near 4% now haven't seen that in a long time so there that probably would probably is a driver a main driver of sales of existing home people wanting to buy and get in as fast as possible Okay, so I don't think this is a number that we can say, oh, good, the housing market is getting stronger. Um, I don't know if this is going to last. We'll see in the next month or two, but I just don't think so because what's driving it is a short-term thing. I mean, I'm more concerned. What what happens if mortgage rates are 5% or 6%? Mind you, that's normal. Those are even below normal mortgage rates, 5%, 6%. That's normal. That's below normal. We've just been at an extreme low that everybody's gotten used to thinking that that's the normal. The younger people think that's normal, two, three percent. New, no. Back in the nineteen eighty, uh, I paid twelve and a quarter percent thirty-year fixed. That was during that huge inflationary period between seventy-three and eighty-two. So <clears throat> we're just the markets the. The Fed is trying to unwind itself from the extreme interference it has been partaking in the economy over the last number of years. They're trying to unwind that as slow as possible, not to affect the economy too much. That's what they're trying to do. I'm C.P. So this completes another Investopedia program. Josh Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Okay, um, we are closing in on 39 million downloads. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and please be sure to review us if you listen to us on iTunes. Your positive rating helps our profile. We love that. So thank you very much.